Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Praise God. We're glad you're here. You can be seated this morning and glad you came to the house of God. We welcome all of you that regularly come. And again, anyone's here for the first time, we're just glad you're here and glad you came at the nine o'clock service. Looking forward to what the Lord's going to do this morning and also looking forward to the 11 o'clock service. But you guys are the early birds, so you guys get to hear it first today, but we're glad you're here. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to those that organize and help serve uh, in our beach gathering yesterday, I heard you guys had a great time at the beach, enjoyed yourself. So I don't know about the beach. I just have a hard time with the beach, man. And I can never eat there without sand getting in my food. I don't know how hard I try. It just never happens. But uh, glad you guys had a great time. Looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. And uh, we're in this series this month. And actually last month, uh, we've been talking about born identity and we're talking about our DNA, and as you can see, the genetic code there and the genetic strand, all of us have a DNA, and all of us have been born with some type of genetic code uh, that really gives you your identity. And we've been talking about uh, just kind of the play on words of that movie, Born Identity, if you guys have ever seen that movie with Matt Damon, and that movie is he gets amnesia, Later, he finds out uh, he's a CIA operative, and he wants to go about establishing uh, his original identity. In other words, he realizes that this is not who he wants to be. He wants to go back to being David Webb, which is the original name, and he goes about trying to make things right. And I begin to think about that. All of us are at some place in our identity, and are you happy with who you are? Are you satisfied with what you become? Are you happy with what you see? And pretty much your identity, the way you see yourself, really has a lot to do with the destiny of your life. And in fact, it comes from the very place that we were born. And I'm going to read the scripture, kind of been our theme scripture in Psalm 139, verse 14. It says, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. He said, when my bones were formed, carefully uh, carefully put together in my mother's womb, when I was growing there in secret, you knew that I was there. You saw me. I love this. Before You saw me before I was born. So God knew who you were. The days allotted to me had all been recorded in your book before any of them ever began. Another version said, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your books. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So we're going to pray as we get ready to dive into this message. I pray that the Lord would just minister to you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Your word is so true. Your word is so powerful. It applies in 2022. And God, you know whatever state of mind, whatever state of heart people are right now that are sitting in this room, I pray the word of God would come alive, that your word would speak into their hearts today. Remove every distraction because there's so many things that are pressing on our mind today. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word and that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. So I'm going to make a statement this morning. I want you to make, be real, uh, just uh, take some careful time to listen to what I'm going to say because I think it applies to every single one of us today. How, how far you go and how much you grow in Christ is not just determined by what you believe about God, but it is equally determined by what you believe about yourself. I'm going to say this again. How far you go and how much you grow in Christ is not just determined by what you believe about God, but it is equally determined by what you believe about you. And so the scripture says in Psalm 23, 7, as the man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
That applies to a man or a woman. In other words, as you think about yourself, how you see yourself, the scripture says, pretty much the Bible says, so you become. You notice what Solomon did not say. He did not say, as God thinks about you, so are you, but as you think about yourself. So in other words today, uh, uh, in Scripture, and you look at Scripture, you will always behave in a way that is consistent in the way you see yourself. All of us will begin to draw or will begin to gravitate to a way to how you see yourself, meaning it is possible, listen to me, for some inconsistency or discrepancy between how God thinks about you and how you think about yourself. See, God sees you one way, and he thinks about you in a certain way, but you think about yourself in another way. And I believe in this journey of faith, as we're beginning to walk with God, as we're beginning to serve God, God is attempting to align our way of thinking with his way of thinking. God is trying to get you to see yourself the way he sees you. And this is why in Scripture, God is repeatedly and consistently reminding us of who we are. He is saying to you how you are who you are by the statement that he makes about you so you can begin to change your perspective and how you see yourself throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. God is consistently telling us that you're his son, that you're his daughter, that you're a friend, that you are beloved, that you are the salt, that you are the light, that you are special to him, that you belong to him. And a lot of us just say, I believe that in one way, but do you honestly, are you honestly experiencing that? We can say that's true, but are you experiencing that truth? Are you actually believing that God sees you in such a way, because if you don't believe it, you'll never experience it. And so how we see ourselves has everything to do with the way you're going to behave and the way you're going to have an outlook in life. In fact, the Bible said that this way in 1 Corinthians 2.16, it said we can, we can understand these things. Are you guys not putting the scriptures up? I need you guys to put the scriptures up, okay? 1 Corinthians 2.16, we can understand these things because now we have the mind of Christ. So the Bible said that if we're going to get the perspective of Christ today, we got to get the mind of Christ. What does it mean to get the mind of Christ? It means we got to begin to think like the Lord. We got to begin to walk like Jesus. We got to begin to live like Jesus. You know, that's what the word Christian means is to be Christ-like. You're supposed to walk like him. You're supposed to talk like him. The Bible also said that we are in Christ. In other words, when you begin to think like Christ, you'll begin to be in Christ. You'll begin to get Christ's identity. Look at what it said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in other words, you begin to think like Christ, you begin to be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So you cannot tell me you're a follower of Christ and there's no change in your life. You can't tell me you're a follower of Christ and you're still doing the same old thing. The Bible says you take on a new identity. You begin to walk in the newness of life. Galatians 3.26 says, for you are all sons of God, what? Through faith in Christ Jesus. So Paul is telling us that we get a new identity as you begin to embrace who Christ is. And he changes your life and transforms you into a new person. How many are following me so far? But here's the issue today. There's someone trying to steal your identity today. In fact, I want to read you a story, true story. When I read it, I couldn't believe it. It says... This guy says, I had my identity stolen when I was 18 years old. He said, the perpetrators were my own father and his girlfriend. He used my information to obtain electricity, gas, cable, internet, and credit cards. I was in high school, he said, when I started, when it start, I started to realize, or I was in high school when it started, and I didn't realize it until I started getting calls about past due bills. When I tried to buy a car, my credit was ruined. 
listen to this, I'm now 33 years old. And I'm dealing and having to remove things from my credit report to prove to the court that it wasn't actually me who created this debt. It's a nightmare. I've ne I'll never get any money for it, and I'll continue to waste my time going to mediation to resolve all of these issues. Then this is what he says, I've contemplated filing for bankruptcy just to make it all go away. Now, why am I using this analogy? Because I want you to see the similarities here. This person had their identity stolen, but I'm not just talking about our identity being stolen in the natural. I'm talking about our spiritual identity. I'm talking about today that a lot of us in this room may not realize that your identity has already been stolen in the spiritual. When you read this story, you begin to read it. This guy didn't realize uh, when his identity was stolen exactly at first, how long it had been stolen until he was facing the consequences of identity theft. Then he began to realize, man, my, my identity has been stolen. And so it is in the spiritual as it is in the natural. We are facing consequences today uh, spiritually and in life because the enemy has attempted or has succeeded in stealing your identity and some of you are filing for bankruptcy and saying, I give up. Listen to me. I'm telling you, it's a news flash. Are you ready for this? Someone today, again, his name is Satan, trying to steal your identity. Look at what it says here in John 10.10. 10. It says, the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So the enemy of your soul, which is the devil, he comes to kill, he comes to steal, and he comes to destroy your life. Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So Jesus is trying to give you a new identity, but Satan, or Jesus is saying, Satan is the enemy, he's the thief. And I love the way Jesus describes the enemy because Jesus gives names to the enemy so that you can see the activity of the enemy through his name. You'll know exactly what the enemy is doing when you begin to figure out the names of the enemy. Jesus said that he is the liar and the father of lies. That means he's the author of lies. It says that he's the accuser. In other words, he's always looking to condemn you, that he's the serpent, he's trying to poison your soul, that he's an adversary, the devil is never your friend, he's after your life. And I'm here to tell you that the devil is not just a regular thief, he's a professional thief. He knows what he's looking for, he's strategic in what he's trying to steal from you. He's not just trying to steal anything, he's trying to steal a certain thing, vital things that are to your... In your life, he is strategic in his attempt to steal and rob you of your true God-given identity. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, here's what I want you to know. The enemy knows that we will always behave in a way, listen to me, that we consistently see ourselves. And so the way you see yourself is the byproduct of who you're going to become. That's why it's important that you know who you are and you realize where you come from and who created you. Because if we do not, then all of a sudden we'll begin to be somebody that we're not. So, just, so he comes after identity, and just because, listen to me, just because your name, uh, just because you know your name doesn't mean you, doesn't mean you know who you are. So a lot of us go, I know my name, but still you don't know who you really are. Just because you know where you were born, when you were born, the place you were born, doesn't mean you know who you really are. The only person that can positively identify you is the very person that created you. The only one that can truly identify who you are is the one that created you. And the enemy wants to rob us of our God-given identity, not only by taking our identity, but misplacing our identity or putting the wrong identity on your life. 
He wants you to begin to live a, a different identity than the one that God called you. He wants to misplace your identity because this is what happens. We begin to draw our identity from different places. We begin to draw our identity from things that happen in our life. So number one, the way the enemy begins to work and operate is he misplaces your identity by causing you to draw your identity from our issues. How many have some issues in your life? I said, how many have some issues in your life? So some people next to you didn't say anything, so this sermon doesn't apply to you guys, okay? It applies for all the rest of us that have issues. That God's working on us, he's still, but you guys are perfect. But us, God, working on you, preparing us. And a lot of us today, we don't just have an issue. We have issues, am I right? With an S and an exclamation point, am I right? Now, here's the thing about issues. You may have issues, but issues don't need to be who you are. Did you hear what I said? A lot of us may have issues, but issues don't have to be who we are. And so just because we have issues and just because we're dealing with things and imperfection doesn't mean that we need to draw our identity from things that have happened in our lives because a lot of us are allowing our past issues to identify you. A lot of us this morning are allowing the worst in us to define the best in us. We're allowing the worst things that have happened in our life to identify who we are. And I want you to know, you cannot read one chapter of the book and know the whole story. How many understand God is still rewriting your story today? God's not finished with you today. You can't know the whole story in the beginning or in the middle. I want you to know you got to keep on reading. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, keep reading because the story isn't done yet. Amen. It's not finished. God is still working in your life. Somebody say amen. The second thing the enemy wants us to draw our identity from is from people's opinion about you. This is when we allow the voice of others to have more value than the voice of God. And there's a lot of us this morning that, that we have unconsciously anointed and authorized other people's voices that have a greater voice than God. You've unconsciously allowed the voices of other people to create who you are. And I'm here to tell you, friend, it's going to ruin your life. Because people will always have their own opinion about you. They will always put a label on you. They will always say things about you. And when you begin to elevate their voice above the voice of God, you're going to have some trouble. This is why the Bible says, I read the scripture earlier, Psalms 139. He goes, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you exclusive. God looks at you as special. Can you say amen? I'm going to quote the great Mabel Simmons, which most of us know who she is, Medea. Remember Medea? And I'm going to say it in his voice. I'm not being racial. I'm just being uh, the way she goes. And she said that this way. She said, honey, folks are going to talk about you to the day they die. Ain't nothing you can do about that. Let folks talk. It ain't about what they call you. It's what you answer to. It ain't about what they call you. It's what they answer to, or what you answer to. A lot of us today, we are going by what people call us, by people's opinion. And I'm here to tell you, friend, that God is the one that has the right to, to call you by your name because he created you. God is what he has. I want you to realize that all of us today, we have naming rights. Have you ever bought a pet? Have you ever bought a dog? Have you ever bought a cat? And it doesn't matter what their name was before. Once the transaction is done, once you purchase that animal or that pet, you have the right to name that pet whatever you want because you paid the price for that pet. That name is reserved for you. I want you to realize today that you've been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus today, and he has naming rights. 
He's redeemed you. Can you say amen? It doesn't mean, it doesn't matter what they called you before. Doesn't matter what they said about your life before. God says you're chosen. God says you're anointed. God says you're a victor. Whatever God says you are is what you have to begin to believe. In fact, there's a great illustration, and I've shared this before, but I want to share it again. It's in the book of Genesis, chapter 36. It's a powerful illustration of a woman by the name of Rachel. Uh, she's giving birth uh, to a, her baby, obviously, and she is experiencing hard and troublesome labor to the point that it's getting so difficult that it's costing her her life. As she's giving birth, she is losing her life, and her body is in anguish and in pain, and she gives birth to this baby, and as she gives birth to the baby, before she dies, she names this baby Ben-Oni. Ben That's what she says. She said, name the baby Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. So she gives her son a name according to the anguish and the pain she was going through. In fact, when you go through Old Testament stories, many of the people, when they gave their children names, it was name in the season that they were going through. So as she's losing her life, she is giving this baby the name. And I want you to know some of you here today, you need to hear this. There's been somebody that has called you things that were dying. Somebody that has called you things, not physically, but spiritually. Not, not physically they died, but, but something's happened in their own life. They were in pain. They were in sorrow. And they named you things and they called you things. And you're still living by that name, friend. I'm here to tell you today don't listen to, to what people have called you in their pain and in their sorrow so I thank God in this story the Bible says that Jacob walks in which is the baby's father and he walks in and realizes that his wife is dead but then he turns to the midwife and said what did she name him and they said Ben Oni he goes oh no not Ben Oni he said no we're not going to do that he said, I like the Ben part, but I don't like the Oni part. He said that, that he's not going to be the son that is of sorrow. He's not going to be the son of my sorrow. She, she said, he said, I'm changing the name. Why? Because he's the father and he has naming rights. And he said, we're changing his name to Benjamin, which means son of my right hand or which means son of my strength. And he said, you know what? I'm changing his name. And I'm here to tell you, there may have been a Rachel in your life that has called you things and said things to you and labeled you, but I'm here to tell you the Father has naming rights and he's renaming you today that you're his son and you're his daughter. Somebody say amen. Let me drink some water here. I'm, I'm already losing. Hold on a second. Then I start preaching and I forget to drink some water here. What the Bible says here in Proverbs 132, it says, as the man thinks in his heart, so is he. So how you see yourself and how people have labeled you, you need to be, you need to be alert that God has renamed you. See, the enemy uses our experiences to rob us of our identity. That is when an individual, you identify yourself from a previous season from seasons in your life where you had difficulty, from seasons in your life, in your past, that you've had some failures, and what happens is your life becomes a museum of a previous time, times where you failed, seasons where you didn't do good, and now all of a sudden, you're not getting out of that season, but instead that season becomes a cycle in your life. 
and you're still reliving what other people have put on you, and you're still reliving those experiences that happen in your life, and instead of flying like a butterfly, you're like a caterpillar walking or crawling around rather than being the butterfly that God made you to be. God is saying, you don't need to crawl around anymore. I've given you a new name. I've transformed your life no longer to crawl, but to fly. Somebody say amen. This is what the church is supposed to do today. We're supposed to introduce you to a new identity. That's what we're trying to do when we preach the gospel. That's what we're trying to do when we share the word of God is that you don't have to walk around with the label that people have placed on you, but we want to introduce you to a new identity, and that new identity is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love this verse of scripture, 1 Peter chapter 2. I want you to go home today. Don't read it now. I'm going to read it to you, but go home today and reread this scripture, 1 Peter 2, 9, uh, verse 9 through 10. It says, you are a chosen people. Did you hear that already? It already starts good. He said, you're a royal priesthood, not just any priesthood, royalty. It says, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. How many can remember that? into his wonderful life. Once you were not a people, but now you're a people of God. He said, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What's he talking about? He's talking about walking around in your new identity. He says this right here. He says, you're a chosen Person. In other words, God chose you. He said, you're a royal priesthood. Uh, you're a holy nation. You belong to God. He said, you have received mercy. These are very significant. I want to go through each one really quick here. I want to go through each one because I want you to begin to behave in a way, in the way that God sees you, in the way that God has named you, in the way that God sees your identity. He said, number one, you are chosen and accepted. How many of you know this is vital to our lives today because many of us are still walking around with the wounds of rejection. We have been rejected. People have turned their backs on us and we don't realize that we have been chosen. Some of us, we have experienced rejection from our family, from our friends, from our school, at our jobs, and rejection, all of a sudden when we're rejected by somebody or people reject, we have this yearning to be accepted. We have this yearning to chase after acceptance, and we do things that we shouldn't do just to be accepted. We want to be accepted by people, but can I tell you, God already accepts you. God already has chosen you. You don't have to earn your way. You don't have to beg your way. God says, I've chosen you. Amen. That's how he says, I've chosen you. I, I picked you. How many remember when you weren't picked and you didn't get to get on the baseball team or the basketball? I know what that's like. Amen. They didn't pick you. I'm still mad about that. They didn't pick you for that. But I'm here to tell you that God's chosen you. God has picked you. Uh, God says, man, you're my son. You're my daughter. And I'm telling you today, when we feel accepted, we can go a long way. I, I want to tell you today, God's accepted you. That's what he said. You have been chosen. Basically, you've been chosen by God himself. It says, this, this is what I love about this. God not only chose you at the moment, he chose you before you were even born. Ephesians 1, 4, he says, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be homeless, homeless, holy. Did I say homeless? <laughs> to be holy and blameless. Oh, my God, that is so wrong. To be holy and blameless. Some of you were homeless. So you, got, you came to Jesus, amen. And blameless in the sight of his love. That's a good one. So just think about that for a minute. Before you, before God created the ocean, before God created the planets, before God created the solar system, before God did any of those things, said, I chose you before that. Not only did he choose you, but he accepted you. Look at what the scripture said in Titus 3, 7. Jesus, Jesus treated us 
much better than we deserve. Remember I said we're doing better than we deserve. He made us acceptable to God and he gave us the hope of eternal life. So the Bible says he made us and he gave us. In other words, this is the gift. This is not something you need to earn, not something that we deserve, but God has made you, gave you, accepted you, and chose you. That's the identity you need to walk in. The second thing he says, uh, that you're a holy nation. In other words, when he chose you, he's saying that you are valuable to him. Uh, that in other words, you are priceless. Not just priceless, but extremely valuable. Uh, when you think he said you're a holy nation of people belonging to God. You know what that word holy means? It means special. God is saying you're special to him. God is saying you're sacred. God is saying, man, you, 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 you're so uh, well-deserved. In other words, I, 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 I value you, and you need to feel deserved. You need to feel acceptable. He says, that, you know, we've heard the Holy Bible. We've heard the Holy of Holies. He says, you are holy. In other words, you're acceptable. You're valuable. And how many know value is determined by who owns it? You can own the same thing, but it determines who owns it that makes it valuable. I want to show you a pair of tennis shoes that sold for $1.5 million. I hope you guys can bring that picture up. 1.5. These pair of tennis shoes here sold for $1.5 I mean, they look old. They look worn. Why would they sell for that much? Because there's a man by the name of Michael Jordan that wore those tennis shoes uh, the first year of his rookie year, and because of who he was and who he is, uh, they sold those tennis shoes uh, for $1.5 million. Uh, now, I'm here to tell you, it's not, who has, it's not the parachute, it's who owns them that adds value. I'm here to tell you that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has named you you belong to him. He owns you. I'm owned by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Can you say amen? I'm his treasured possession. The Bible says, Deuteronomy 7, 6, you are a people, a holy to the Lord, holy unto our God, his treasured possession. In other words, when God sees you, I'm not kidding you, he says you're treasured. You're, you're his treasured possession. Another scripture says, Isaiah 43, 4, God says you are precious. Remember, my precious. Amen. You are precious to God. You are valuable to God. God sees you at precious. I don't know if you've ever had your mom and dad tell you that, but God says you're precious to me. You're my treasured possession. That's what God is saying about you. Somebody say amen. And the third thing God says, amen, I've chosen you because you belong to him because he loves you. He goes, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. In other words, before you knew God, you weren't part of his family, but when you accepted him, he chose you. And the great thing about God that he loves you, you're part of his family, is that he's not ashamed that you're part of his family. How many of you have some uncles or cousins and, and you go, oh God, if they weren't family, don't look at them right now, but if, if they weren't family, and if you're sitting out there and say, I don't have an uncle like that, you are the uncle, that's a problem, you, probably why, you, you didn't realize you're the guy, but, but he said, man, they're just weird, uh, they're a little awkward, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't like to always associate, can I tell you, God's not ashamed of you, God said you belong to him, are you with me? He doesn't look at you and say, oh, man, uh, he sees you on TikTok and says, oh, I can't believe that guy. Hey, he loves you. He's proud of you. That's the thing about God. Jeremiah 31, 3, because I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, with an unfailing love. Uh, I have drawn you to myself. So over and over, God is saying, I loved you. I have this unfailing love or this unconditional love. That's the wonderful thing about God, that, he, that we belong to his family and he loves us unconditionally. Even when you fail, even when you mess up, even when you've done bad, God says, I still love you. It's not based upon your love for him. It's his love for you. Can you say amen? 
and he loves you regardless. That doesn't mean he wants you to do whatever you want to do. He wants you to know that he still loves you and that you can always turn to him when you mess up. Thank God for his eternal love. Psalm 105 said, God's love is eternal and his faithfulness lasts forever. I want you to know the reason why we don't understand this kind of love because we don't give this kind of love. Our love is conditional. Let's be honest. I love you. If you love you, stop loving me, I'll stop loving you. But God says, you know what? Even if you turn your back on me, even if you walk away from me, I still love you. I'm still reaching out to you. And here's the fourth thing, again, about our identity is when God chose us, he totally forgave us. First Peter 2.10, at one time you did not know God's mercy, but now you received his mercy. Not just part of it, but 100% God has forgiven you. That means the worst thing you've ever done in your life. That means the worst, worst of the worst thing that you've ever done in your life. Can I tell you that God still forgives you? There is no sin that you've committed that God is surprised by. He's not saying, oh my God, I can't believe he did that. God says, I knew you were going to do it, and I'm here to forgive you. I knew that was going to happen. How many know God's not surprised by what we do? God's not shocked by our sin. Some of us are so shocked when people fall in the sin. I, I can't believe, oh my goodness, come on, stop acting so holy. You've done some of it yourself. Am I right? I mean, you've been there. You know what it's about. You've been around. But here's the great thing about God, that he forgives us. Uh, amen. That he forgives us 100% totally. How many thank God for that? No matter. In fact, the next day when you tell God, remember what I did? God said, I forgot about that. I don't know what you're talking about. I forgive you. See, the reason why we have trouble with forgiveness is because we don't really forgive people sometimes. We kind of sort of reserve judgment for a later time. We say, until further sin, then I'll forgive you. Amen. And God says, no, I forgive you completely. That's why the Bible says in Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation in those that are in Christ Jesus. In other words, God is not trying to condemn you. He's trying to forgive you. He wants to draw you. That's you belong to him. You're his son and daughter. That's your identity. Your identity is that of forgiveness. I don't know about you, but I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his forgiveness. And I walk in that every day. Isaiah 43, 25, I am the God that forgives your sin, and I do this because of who I am. I will not hold your sins against you. Somebody say amen. You ought to be shouting about that. I want you to realize it, that it's not just New Testament. That was Old Testament. A lot of us sometimes think, well, the God of the Old Testament was the God of judgment. Can I tell you, over and over, God's forgiving the people of Israel. Over and over, God's redeeming people. And, and you say, well, God, you know, Jesus is now loving. I'm here to tell you, God's been loving and forgiven from the, uh, from the beginning of time. And I want you to realize today that the greatest forgiveness was when Jesus died on the cross. And look at what it says here in Ephesians 1, 7. For by the blood of Christ, we are set free. Not only does he forgive you, he sets you free. That is, our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God? And the last thing I want to say to you that you need to understand what your identity is, is that you've been chosen and empowered by God. It says here, look at what it says. I love this. It says, 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a royal priest. Chosen, amen. Basically, you're, you're basically chosen because you, you, you have been redeemed out of darkness and called into his marvelous light. Now, when we think of a priest many times, Excuse me, we think of a person that, you know, with a robe and a white collar. We think that that's the priest. And basically, let me define what a priest is. A priest represents man to God, and he represents God to man. In other words, all of us are considered priests as believers. So when we look, when we say around here, how many priests do we have at Reed Church? Hundreds. We have hundreds of priests right here. All of us that are believers are priests before God. In other words, today, we can, every member here, we are called to be priests, amen. We are capable. Look at what it says in Acts 26, 18. You are to open their eyes. How? God working through us. 
to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that through their, through their faith in me, they will have their sins forgiven and also, like you, receive their place among God's chosen people. So all of us are supposed to be the local priest in your job, the local priest in your home, wherever you're at, in your neighborhood. God wants to work through you and in you, amen, to open up their eyes, amen, and turn them to God's marvelous light because all of us have been empowered and we've been chosen by God. That's your new identity. Walk in it today. And I'm going to read this last scripture. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, the capacity that we, that, that we have comes from, it said the capacity that we have comes from God. It is he who made us capable of serving the new covenant. So God empowers you to serve. God empowers you to operate. God's given you that new identity. And so the enemy today is div- trying to divert some of us, trying to condemn some of us, trying to keep us in our past trying to keep us in our own old identity, our old labels. And God's saying, you know what? I've given you a new identity. I've placed something new on your life. If you'll begin to walk in it, if you'll begin to believe it, it'll begin to transform your life. And I believe today, all of us, if you're going to grow and grow, it's not just what God thinks about you, but it's equally determined by what you think about yourself. When you begin to say, who am I in Christ? Oh, man, you're a new creation. You've been chosen by God. You've been forgiven. You've been empowered. Did you hear what I'm saying? When we begin to believe that, it will begin to be activated in your life. You'll begin to see your life different. You'll begin to see things different. You'll begin to walk different. In fact, you'll, you'll begin to kind of walk, you know, with your head up a little higher. Amen. Say, man, I got, I, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been renamed. Amen. I, 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 God has naming rights over me. Amen. I, I've got a new owner. Thank God. Amen. I'm owned by God himself. God redeemed me. And I'm walking by the precious blood of Jesus. And I'm thankful because I'm forgiven. Somebody say amen. I believe that today. I'm going to pray. Let us pray for just a moment. All of us, just close our eyes, bow our heads. Father, we thank you today. We know today, Lord God, that we hear so many times, God, that, you know, things can't change in our lives. Some of us, even in this room, may even think we're cursed. We may even think our family is cursed. But God, I'm here to say that's baloney. We're reversing the curse in Jesus' name. And we're saying today, God, that you are who you, who, who, who you say we are. We're chosen. We're redeemed. We're not going to believe the lies of the enemy. We're not going to believe the lies of, of, of the devil that's condemning us and saying we're not worth anything. But God, we've been empowered. We've been changed by your grace. We've been loved. You've chosen us. We belong to the family of God. So I pray today that people in this room will begin to see themselves different. We'll begin to live different. We'll begin to get a different perspective. We'll begin to walk differently today. God, we want to walk in our new identity because, God, we were born for this. We were born for this identity, God. We were born, God, to be who you called us to be. And, Lord, we've been walking and believing lies. So, Father, today, remove that from our soul. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, for just a moment right now, if you're in this room and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, and forgive you of your sin. You're walking around with a false identity today. You don't realize that, but God has so much more for you. The enemy, the world, all these things that you've heard has robbed you of your true God-given identity. You belong to him. He loves you. You're supposed to be his son and daughter. Here's the thing about the grace of God. Here's the thing about God. God never forces himself on you. You have to be willing to receive that new name and receive that new identity. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things pass away and behold, everything becomes new. So God wants to make you a new creation today. So if you're in this room right now with every head bowed, every eye closed right now, even believers, some of you need to just pray, pray quietly. Just pray for some people that are in this room that they need to receive Jesus. They need to receive their new identity today. 
the true God-given identity. They don't even realize that their identity has been stolen, that the world and the manipulation of things has stolen their true God-given identity all along. God's had a purpose for them all along. God's had a purpose and a meaning. So if you're in this room, I want you to know God loves you. He cares about you. The Bible says, for we all have sinned. There's not a person in this room that's never sinned. And we fall short of God's glory. We're not going to make it in by ourselves and our own merit. It said, but the gift of God is eternal life. He said, the wage of the sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. God wants to give you a new life. He wants to give you a new identity today. He wants you to be who he's called you to be since the day you were born. But today, all you have to make a choice. Are you still going to live with that false identity? Or are you going to say, man, I want to get God's identity in my life. I need God in my life. I need Jesus in my life today. If you're in this room right now, the sound of my voice, maybe you're even watching online, I'm here to tell you that God's reaching out to you, whoever you are. If you'd raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, I need Christ in my life. I want that new identity you're talking about. I need to be who God's called me to be. I, I, I want to be forgiven. Pastor, I'm not right with God. I'm not, I'm not living for God right now, but I, I need Jesus in my life. I, I guarantee you when you receive him, he'll give you your true God-given identity right now. So if that's you all over this building, you'd raise your hand real quick. Just raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need the Lord in my life. Don't be embarrassed. Whoever you are, just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down. Whoever you are in this room, we don't want you to leave the same way you walked in. Just raise your hand real fast and put it right back down. Say, that's me. That's me, Pastor. I need, I need the Lord in my life. I need Jesus in my life. I need that identity you're talking about. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down. We're not here to embarrass you. We're here to pray for you. We're here to encourage you to tell you that God has so much more for you that you will have to live the same way you've been living. You don't have to walk in the same direction you've been walking in. But God wants to change your life around. He wants to transform you to whoever you are in this building right now. Be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. If there's a time to be honest, it's right now in the house of God. So that's me, Pastor. I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life today. Raise your hand real quick. Raise your hand. Is anyone at all right now? Maybe you were once walking with God at one time. You are walking with the Lord. What I'm saying to you is nothing new. But you know, you know that you know you're not walking with God. You're away from God. And for whatever reason, you came to church today. And I believe the Holy Spirit brought you here. But it's time you rededicate your life. Not just come to church. Really give your life to Christ. Give your life to Jesus. Say, so you know what? I, I need to rededicate my life to the Lord today that's you raise your hand right now so that's me pastor i need to rededicate my thank you young lady back there who else anybody else anybody else you'd raise your hand right now say that's me i need god in my life whoever you are man woman whoever you are however however old you are right now in this room you just raise your hand say i need to rededicate my life to the lord who are you raise your hand if you haven't raised it up already say, that's me that's me anybody else right now say that's me I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. I need to give my life to Jesus. Raise your hand real quick. Is there anybody else right now all over this room? I don't want you to miss this opportunity. I don't want you to miss this opportunity. Amen. You raise your hand. You mean that back there? You mean that? You mean that? God bless you. You mean that? God bless you. Why don't we stand together? Amen. With that young lady, would you come? Maybe, maybe someone come with her. God bless you. Just come to pray with her. Pray with her. Amen. She's coming. Anybody else want to come? Anybody else say, you know what? I didn't raise my hand. Thank you, this young lady here. God bless you. Amen. If I can get some ladies around her. God bless you. How you doing today? God bless you. Good to see you. Amen. Right here. Why don't you guys get around her? Anybody else? You didn't raise your hand this morning? you want to receive the Lord in your life right now he said man I'm not here to embarrass anyone I'm, I'm here to pray for you we, we want to pray for you this is your moment this is your time say amen somebody else God bless you brother amen God bless you man anybody else you come I need some gentlemen here God bless you anybody else right now 
I'm going to pray with both of these. If you want to join in on this prayer, make your way down here right now. I'll wait for you because this is the most important part of the service. Most important part of the service is going on right now. This is the highlight of everything that we do. People giving their life to Christ. Why don't we all bow our heads together and close your eyes. I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer. You guys came here. In fact, why don't we all say this prayer with them. Say this prayer and mean it with your heart. Okay, say it out loud. Don't just in your mind. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all my sin. Come in my heart. Make me a new person. Change my life. From this day forward, I will serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray for them. Father, we thank you for all of these lives, every single person today that's come forward. God, you're changing their hearts right now. You're changing their hearts, God. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Some of us today, we're walking around with our old identity. And you've allowed your issues to define you. You've allowed your experiences to define you. You've allowed a people's opinion to define you. And God's saying, you need to walk in your true God-given identity. You've been chosen. You've been accepted. You've been forgiven. You've been empowered by God. And God says, I want you to walk around. I've chosen you. I, I, I chose you before even the world began. So today, stop walking around in the condemnation. The devil is trying to rob you of your God-given identity. He's robbed some of us already. He's already stolen some of your identity. You don't even know it yet. God says, you know what? Today, you need to come and walk. He's renaming some of you. Some of you are still walking around with the old name. God's renaming you right now. I'm opening the altar. I want you to come. Get out of your seat. Come on. Just come to the, floor, to the front. Say, I, I, you, you need some prayer. Just come right now. Just come. You've allowed the enemy to lie to you. Just come right now. There's some things you need to talk to God about. Make some room. Let them come right now. We want to pray for you. I, want to be I believe this is a spiritual thing going on. There's spiritual significance behind what we're doing this morning. And he's going to remove some things that are on you. He's going to remove some things right now if you'll just come. They're going to lead us in prayer. And if you want to make your way down here, lead us in worship. And just make your way down here right now. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.